listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries, brought to you by thebatmanuniverse.net. Join the staff of the Batman Universe as we watch another exciting incarnation of the Cape Crusader from his extensive media library. Hello everyone and welcome to the Batman Universe Animation Commentary. In these commentaries we're going to go ahead and take a series of Batman animations that Batman appeared in and some of his famous solo animation movies. And uh, in this episode what we're going to go ahead and discuss is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. And the Mask of the Phantasm was the the movie released from uh, 1992 when the Batman animation series became a hit which spawned into a movie at theaters and for this commentary of this showing of batman mask and the phantasm we have myself apple this is nick you've got josh and three of us today are going to go ahead and watch the movie so we hope you watch the movie with us but right now what we're going to go ahead and discuss is our first time ever seeing Batman Mask of the Phantasm and some of our fond memories of this of this movie. Well, for me, I think this film has just always been there in the background. Um, it's never, when I was younger, it never had quite the same impact as one of the live action films, and in particular, Tim Burton's first one. But um, in the last 10 years or so, I think I rediscovered it about 10 years ago and realized and really appreciated how brilliant it was then and uh, since then you know i've rewatched it a few times and i've i've always really enjoyed it so it's one that i found a bit after it came out but i do really really love it now i think it's one of the best batman films there is i missed this when it was in theaters because it wasn't in theaters for very long and i was a pretty young child but at that time as a young boy the batman animated series was a monster. That thing was really insanely popular. And when this came out at video, uh, it was a constant rental between me and my friends. I don't remember really understanding much of the plot when I was younger. It was just a Batman movie. But when I got older and I did some rewatches, it very quickly became, truth be told, my favorite Batman movie. And that's including all the live action ones. And it's one that I always love to come back to. Uh, you know, well, Josh, I, you're going to hate me because I did not miss this. I was at the theaters watching this film. And uh, I remember when uh, I told my dad that we're going to go to the to the film. And uh, I was right in high school. So I'm going to date myself right here. I was right in high school. I just got to high school. So it was my freshman year. And I remember saying, well, you know, I got to go watch, you know, the Batman, you know, animated movie. And so uh, I remember, you know, my teammates, because I played football, um, saying, you're going to go watch a cartoon? And I was like, yeah, this is a Batman animated series. And they were like, well, we've never seen it. So it was just like, well, I said, if y'all want, you can come. So uh, I invited, you know, some of the football team. Uh, of course, my dad drove. Uh, we went to go watch it. And I remember them saying, completely being blown away by this movie and, it was just awesome in theaters, but Josh, you were right. I think it was only in theaters for like two months, I think. 
because I think I saw this movie in theaters about maybe about five times. So it was it was real awesome. I, I remember going on a date on this film too. So it, it was, was a uh, Christmas release, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was right around that time. It was real good. It, I mean, it was like sort of like uh, when it was co- kind of cold. So it was one of those cool movies to go see. But uh, yeah, man, this has to be one. I mean, it, it's just one of the best Batman films ever, and because it's animation, I mean, you shouldn't hold it down from being compared up there with the the rest of them. But uh, but yeah, guys. So uh, right now, where we're gonna start the film is right before the WB logo, and what we want you to do is go get your popcorn, go get your nachos, go get your gummy bears, go get your drink, and uh, that way you could join us. So we're gonna give you a little bit, okay? So we're gonna go ahead and wait five seconds, and we're gonna count it: one, two, three. Or you can pause your podcast. Four, or you can pause it. Four and a half, four and three quarters, five. <laughs> so, as you come back, uh, we're gonna go ahead and get ready to start it. So, you guys ready? Oh, yeah, yes. I'm ready. All right, I'm ready for this too. So, all right, guys, here it goes: Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, the CGI Gotham. This was like really advanced for back then. It was. It was. It was quite impressive as well, wasn't it? When you first see it. Um, nowadays, you'd hope they'd be able to do something a little bit better. I have this on my MP3 player. I love this uh, opening theme. You know what got me was that music, the whole deco style, because the Rocketeer was out too. Um, just the lettering, the writing, the way the the. The buildings look, the lighting. Oh man, and I love Gotham with the red sky. Look at that. That's awesome. This chilling like opera choir. They're saying the names of a bunch of uh, WB uh, animation people backwards. That's what I heard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not joking. (laughs) See that smokestack right there? That's nice. I wish that this opening thing was longer because that, like, that's so chilling, but it's only, like, about a minute long. I know. Who would have known that I would have met Andrea Romano? Oh, Shirley Walker, I love your music. I love her. Yeah, this I don't think she was ever, ever uh, appreciated enough for all the music that was provided in the animated series, really. Mm-hmm. It is really good music, especially in those first, you know, that first series, I think. It's really outstanding. Exactly. That's why it's up to us to always make sure that fans knew who she was and always, you know, kind of get to hear that music. This is right up there with all the music that. Uh, oh, look at that, that opening that, scene that, that uh, Danny Elfman did. That's a really high parking structure. Look at that! I love that. Yeah, I always thought that. Um, I would never want to park in that car park. <laughs> I love when mob bosses are getting together telling their their men what to do. I thought the the animated series was very good with the uh the whole mob whenever it dealt with the mob. Now, is it just me or does the animation here look even better than a typical episode of the animated series or is it just like 
something that it's in, that's it's in my imagination because this is a movie. No, I think it was a it was a bit better only because they knew that this was going to be a, a theater release. But the first season of of a Batman the anime series was really well done. I, I know some people don't don't like it. They say, "Oh, there was stuff missing." But if you notice, that one was the darker of most of the releases. That scene of Batman, you know, coming in the window that we just passed. I mean, that I always remember looked good. Oh, here we go, Phantasm. Yeah, Chucky saw. <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert, but they never really explain this, how, like, the bullets just go through the phantasm. No. I mean, I love but, this movie, uh, but there are some plot holes. The same with The Dark Knight. I think there's a few plot holes with that, though. Yeah. I want you, Chucky. Oh, that's... Yeah. Yeah, with that, like... With I, that, I like, love that. Stuff. I love when they would say that the, your angel of death awaits... Yeah, this is really intense for a cartoon. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, you probably know ch- uh, working with uh, children. I, th- I think it's quite a frightening start, really, if you're really young. Yeah. Well, I was, um, I was, well, I'm trying to think of how, I must have been about seven or eight when I saw this. But. I love the old cars. My, my dad worked on old cars, so. When I would see these in there, I love these old cars. They remind me of the Dick Tracy era. So I, love I was going to say, I cars. bet you love, uh, I bet you love Dick Tracy if you love that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, there's not a lot in these movies, in these like animated movies and series to. Oh, and there goes the death. Uh, to date this, uh, in the '90s. In fact, like I had a friend who used to argue with me that these series like took place in the '40s because of the cars and stuff. <laughs> And I was trying to convince him that no, it's the modern day. It's just you know Art Deco. Mm-hmm. Everyone sees Batman. Oh, Batman must have thrown the car with his superhuman powers. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Batman spots spots him right there. Hey, didn't we used to be engaged? Oh <laughs> uh, well, I get. I guess we're going to be going into this uh, spo- uh, spoiler heavy. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's let's assume you've uh, seen the film before you listen to this. Yeah, about fifteen <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just gave away a very big plot point. So, uh, Arthur Reeves—that's this guy's name, right? Yeah, he was a good character yeah. for this movie. He was. It's a crooked council man. Yeah, and none of the TVs were in color. You're the very no. model of sanity. <laughs> By the way, I have pressed your tights and put away your exploding gas balls. Thank you. <laughs> one of one of the most memorable lines of the movie. I love that. I love how his computer looks. I thought it was great with um with this animated series where you get a lot of time to deal with the characters so I thought you got a really good relationship going with Alfred and Bruce in this series mm-hmm. just because they, they had so many opportunities to have little jokes and uh, that's really what it's a big part of their relationship really having a bit of a dig at each other here's uh, yeah. Dana Delaney as Andrea Beaumont. Beaumont I hope I'm pronouncing Delaney right but yeah the later uh had a romance with Bruce Wayne as Lois Lane in the uh, Batman Superman movie too. Yep. 
Oh yeah, this is a uh, pre-Lois Lane, Dana Delaney. <laughs> okay. I love this... it. <laughs> Never say the N word in front of Bruce. What about the I word? <laughs> okay, th there is no adult human, I don't care if she's a supermodel or whatever, who can really be that stupid to think that engagement's spelled with an I. Come on. I don't know. There's some pretty stupid people out there. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, I find that. Um, I think that that's Ooh. supposed to be Veronica Vreeland. Uh, she's got some black eyes, though, right? You see that? Who, like, throws the glass at Bruce. She was, like, Bruce's, like, kind of girlfriend who didn't really show up that much in the animated universe. Mm -hmm. I like this part. Arthur Reeves gives the little dig at Bruce, pretending, you know, oh, what was that girl's name, Andrea? But he just spoke oh. to her earlier today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think this is also quite interesting as a film because there's not a lot of uh, origin story. You know, we we get told with the live action films. I think everyone's a bit too scared to dive straight into a film, just without having to explain the origin or anything like that. Right. Whereas this one, you know, they do it a little bit, but they get on with it and we get into a new adventure. So it'd be interesting to see if maybe after Nolan's gone. If they could do something like this, just get on with the story rather than have to go back and maybe do the whole origin again or at least refer to it a lot. That scene that we just uh, passed with Bruce in the study looking at his parents' uh, portraits, the music makes that scene. Yeah. I didn't understand when I was younger that these were flashbacks the first few times I saw this movie. It really confused me. But I was eight and only like half paying attention. Yeah, I suppose if you if you look carefully, he does look a little bit younger. Mm -hmm. and, and Kevin Conroy tries to raise his voice a little bit, I think. She's talking about him behind his back to her dead mother. That's okay, Mom doesn't have much to say today. Bruce is thinking... <laughs> Who is this woman? <laughs> now, you know if someone's already talking to their dead mother, they got problems or issues ready, so... <laughs> uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I'd consider it issues, but... No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. <laughs> Just for this movie's sake. <laughs> I used to think that the the voice actors, oh my god, that was like just a hot sounding voice. I remember that in high school. With all that money, why'd you always want to look like you jump off a cliff? <laughs> Mother was like. Now, now this is. The way they yeah, end the scene is real great. I yeah. love that dark Gotham. That's like, you know, Bruce is like, okay, that's my parents reminding me, stay on the mission. 
I love this. I really love this. I'm glad. I'm glad that they took this for um, Batman Begins, where they use this kind of part for uh, for uh, Bruce Wayne in that. Yeah. Um, this is kind of like what they did in Year One, where you had a pre-costume Bruce going out in disguise, but mm-hmm. it's a little different here, and they. This kind of influenced around 1998 or so. They did Batman's Secret Files and Origins. Right. So, and uh, when they did his origin in that book, they they kind of adapted this into the, it. Like, he came out dressed in this type of a costume before he got the Batman costume and got beat up. Yep. And similarly to uh, Batman Begins, he soon realizes he needs a bit of fear before he can actually make any impact on people. Yeah. I think that this did a really good job of filling in the blanks of uh, Batman's origin. I, I really do, too, because it was one of the, the first things that, I mean, really, if you didn't read comics and you were just going to the film, if you only went by the films, you never really got to see this side of Bruce. Certainly not with the animated series. It was just a case of, here's Batman. You know, it, you didn't get to see where he came from, really. And at this time, the animated series was, again, like, really big. Even the non-Batman and non-superhero fans were watching it. Yep, it, it sure was. It was really big. I think uh, in a few seconds, yeah, in that car, we're going to see our first uh, Harvey Bullock. I love his little spit take here. As a beat cop. He was a beat cop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jonesy. Imagine if Bruce Wayne would have gotten caught and arrested and unmasked. How that would have been like. Just the reactions of Gotham and society as a whole. You know, you, you guys wouldn't believe at the time how hard it was to get uh, the the figures as you collected the toys of these. It was really hard, but um, they had like a, a racing set. You could have the racing cars, racing tracks, the die cast metal cars too. Man, it was an awesome time. Just banging on the windshield with a hammer. Nothing unsafe about that. Did this film do very well at the cinema? I mean, did it make a lot of money? Because It, it, it did. It, it actually did very well for an animated film. Because uh, back then, of... I think um, people looked differently on films like this. I think it would have done probably even better if it came out, you know, nowadays. Yeah, no, it did. It did a respectful number for the time, and uh, I remember it being on the news where um, people had talked about the like the Batman film makes uh, makes a, it, it did something where they they uh, said that the animated Batman film could do as good as a live action film. Because, hmm. I, I mean, this came out around when Batman Returns came out, didn't it? Right. Because I'm thinking maybe some parents thought Batman Returns was a bit too creepy with the penguin and stuff, so maybe they could take their kids to, to see this instead. Yeah, you know, a lot of people said that the during this time when this was coming out, 
um, a lot of people felt that the returns was a little bit darker, and it was um, it didn't look like. I remember a lot of people saying that Michael Keaton didn't look like he how he, he had fun like he did in the first one. But um, you're right, Nick. A lot of parents did gravitate to this film. I love this. He's talking about you know how Jesus Two takes years to master, and he <laughs> she just flips him over. Alfred with the different hair color in this scene too to signify the changing time periods. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Alfred oh. still doesn't have much hair on top. Oh my. <laughs> oh my. Take in the lemonade. Hmm. I love that girl going in a few seconds. Where are you? I think that that's Arlene Sorkin. I'm not sure. Now, there is nothing better than gang members getting together at, well, I should say mob thugs getting together at a cemetery in the middle of the night. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Like, there's nothing bad that's going to happen, really. Nothing. Of course. FYI, I, I, I just looked it up. That is Arlene Sorkin, the voice of Harley Quinn, who was doing the voice of Bambi. The oh, Prissy, where are you? That guy's drawn just like the animated series version of Rupert Thorne. Yeah. The mooding with you know that costume, the little uh, what what would you call that thing on her hand? Uh, I don't know. Like, but with, kind of kind of like a, a sort of scythe, but in like a yeah. not a dagger scythe thing. Yeah, yeah, like that that hand scythe, the mask, the voice, the smoke, and the costume. That just creates you know like a really really you know good environment. She, but you know, the the phantasm does look a lot chunkier and man-like um, than Andrea, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, she's wearing big sheet, you know, body armor. I don't know. Black makes you look thin. <laughs> it's very slim. She's been working out. <laughs> I really. I mean, I love this movie, and I don't want to sound like I'm hating on it, but I really wish they would have explained how she was able to do that, like, teleport the thing right through her. Maybe the smoke projects some kind of illusion. There's that scene at the beginning where Bruce is like, oh, it's like teleporting smoke, and and that's, you know, really all that they give it. (laughs) Yeah, it's Uh, magic teleporting smoke. The open grave. Time to repent, dude. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bronski. 
<laughs> He's like, Shh. they just told you farewell, and you just think you got out of it. <laughs> now the way that they did this was pretty, you know, well, like instead of like you can't see the bloody body, but the guys look down on him, and they're like, oh, boss. Yeah. I mean, that's that leaves a lot yeah. to the imagination, and it's very tastefully done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and also we're getting some deaths, aren't we, in this uh, in this film, which we didn't usually get in the animated series. Yep. We just got our second death, yeah. I believe that was our second death. I like how he drinks his tea with his little, his little finger out. Now, looking at this scene and this guy's, like, reaction, it's pretty easy to tell what's going on, that he's, like, freaking out because all the other mob bosses are being killed by Batman, but watching this scene when you're a little kid and when he breathes into the mask and it does that funny breathing sound, for us, that was all a hint that he was supposed to be the phantasm. <laughs> I mean, again, I was eight, so I might have been seven. Coming so soon after Batman Returns, we have another movie where Batman's framed for murder. Yeah. And we're at the end of the movie, like, the bat signal's in the sky, and Batman, like, you know, comes to it. Like, well, wait a second, that could be a trap, you're still framed for murder. Yeah, it seems to be a popular uh, story choice. He Well, he never got cleared at the end of this movie, and he never got cleared at the end of Returns. No. And, at the end of and, the dark, of movies, and the Dark Knight now, you know, he's, uh, seems to be on the run. Mm-hmm. I like, uh... I like, um, the... What we saw right there was the Batmobile. I really love that Batmobile. That was the Batmobile for the longest time. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant one. This is so cool. <gasps> Awkward. <laughs> like she doesn't know who's who's uh tombstone that is right there. <laughs> oh she knows, but I think she's like put the two and two together now when she says Bruce and I love how it's pretty easy for her to figure out based on everything. Mm-hmm. Oh I love Rain in Gotham City. Oh man. My kind of town. <laughs> Rain. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, and, I, and I'm getting rain right now, too, so it, it just sets the mood. Arthur Reeves finally gets his date with Andrea after all these years, but she's not paying attention. What a skeevy guy, you know, because you later find out that he basically sold her father out and got her father murdered, and now he's, like, dating the daughter. This was so cool. That scene right there where Batman's just hanging off the ledge and his cape's flowing while it's raining... Oh, yeah, so I, lo cool. I love that image of him between the two of them, as you can see him across through the window. Yeah. Mr. Batstalker. That is so cool. The rain dripping down his nose. Alright, flashback time.
This reminds me of Tomorrowland at uh, Disney World. I think that that's what it was supposed to evoke, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember this song for as long as I live, the Welcome to the Future. The robots. In the background, when Bruce and Andrea get into that uh, car, there's two boys behind them fighting, and as Bruce and Andrea are pulling away, one boy starts choking the other. It's kind of disturbing. <laughs> Ah, oh, the Joker's future hideouts. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's, there's the uh, the robot cutting the carrot. We'll be seeing that later. <laughs> yep. It's 10 or 15 years into the future, however much it is. it's She's still, she's still making that dinner. Oh, yes, yeah, this gives awesome. me an idea for a car. That's that's the birth of the Batmobile. Bruce freaking out over commitments. Alfred, what am I doing? But Alfred, you know, Alfred, you know, happy because he's like, oh, at last, you know, he's being dissuaded from this horrible lifestyle. And there's our young Arthur Reeves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's a lot dorkier in the past. the Joker in this car. I'm trying to remember. I know that he's one of the young mob guys in this movie, but I don't think, yep. I don't remember if he shows up this early. Yeah, now, now Apple, what do you think of um, the Joker's origin changing a little bit and him being an old gangster? Considering you like the Joker and gangsters, I'm betting it's going to be good. <laughs> I love this interpretation of the Joker. I thought it was just so fitting that, you know what I mean, he, he started off in the underworld and... I've always seen the Joker as aspiring to be the leader of the underworld in a way. So I love the Joker being uh, as the, as the, how would you say the, uh, it, this is where he started his apprenticeship in a way. Yeah. He's like a henchman, isn't he? It's, um, I think, I think it's a good start for him. And, yeah, and I like the subtle, I like the subtle bar. way. It's just, it's just the way sort of his nose. That's about it. All you can tell for now. The first time the Joker lays eyes on Bruce Wayne. But I like how he didn't have a lot to say or do. He just kind of, you know, was like this very, very strong, silent type as a, you know, as a human. It left, you know, a lot of the mystery still there.
Andrea, why don't you help Bruce with some of that jujitsu that you were showing off? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this reminded me of one of the scenes from uh, Batman Gotham Knights. Uh, the one where they were almost by the uh, right where they were underneath the the railroad too, that uh, the subway. I mean, man, he threw that guy like off a bridge. I love that motorcycle too. I love that move, just jumping up to the top of yeah. the motorcycle, like in slow motion. It's Not a pretty good takeout. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Poor bike, though. Yeah, he, he had he had to come in. I like when Bruce looks. See, at he, he just kind of had like a deer in the headlights look that time. Yep. What about your friend that got tossed off the bridge? <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> That's Bruce Wayne's dark secrets. Oh. That, that drawing kind, kind of looked a little bit like Red Robin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tim found that in the tracks and used it. Well, no, that's... Because Jason Todd no, 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 no. So Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne bent back in time and then uh, hid it underneath Wayne Manor. Oh, it just, <laughs> got, it, it just got burned, so we're all wrong. Uh, the conflict that Bruce is feeling between like this vow that he made to his parents over moving on with his life and settling down, it's it feels very, very real. And they pull it off well. Okay, Kevin Conroy especially in the music and Yeah, I was gonna say we haven't really talked a lot about Kevin Conroy yet, but I really think do you think this is his best moments as Bruce Wayne? I think it probably is. I think oh, these are the best bits he's done. Well this scene right now where he's at the tombstone and it's the thunderstorm this is probably one of the best scenes of the movie him begging his parents to like let him go of this vow yep it's emotional it's, a, it's an emotional tie yeah. right here and with something like animation I mean yeah you've got to have uh, good voice acting but of course the animation's got to be good too and it all just works well really blends well together you don't hear Bruce Wayne like this a lot. I mean, he's pleading. He's like, I didn't count on being happy. Please. He's... Then... Then with Andrea coming, it's... I know, right? He's just... Just perfect timing. I was very happy to meet Kevin Conroy. I mean, he, that voice doesn't stop. Even, you know, it's just... Meeting him was one of the one of the awesomest things that I've gotten to do. But uh, but hearing him put on the Batman voice, you're just like, man, it's a total fanboy moment. Yeah, I mean, there aren't many people that you're just happy to do Batman over and over again, but Kevin Conroy is one of them. 
I, I hope he never quits. I hope. I, I mean, that's the thing. More. If if a, if Batman role comes up, I think that you know they should ask him every time, and if he wants to keep doing it, great. And in you know in the in recent years, it sounds like he's still enjoying it. Mm-hmm. That guy in his oxygen tank. I think his oxygen tank weighs more than he does. I like when he coughs on him. <laughs> Look at his face when he closes the door. <laughs> O'Neill and Adams. Daniel O'Neill and Neil Adams. Uh-huh. I like Alfred in the background here, like polishing the uh, the so the swords. Yeah, like why it was this practice, right? I guess so. <laughs> oh, I love this. You think you know everything about me, don't you? I but your bottom. I bloody well ought to, sir. <laughs> Woo, Batmobile. <laughs> Go, Alfred. That's okay. That that runway for the Batmobile. That's really. I mean, if you're not so precise with your turns and your speed, you're going to become a ditch in the Batcave. Could you have made that thing a little wider? Well, clearly they like dangerous driving in this film because, as I said, the car park. You know, you got to be mental to go and drive up there. Andrea's father. Love that photo. Yeah, never any color photos. Again, like, there's not a lot to really date this in the 90s. I've never seen four shiftier-looking guys than in that photo. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. I thought I would have owned a house by now like that already. <laughs> Wishful thinking. There's still time, Apple. There's still time. I know, I know. <laughs> the laziest proposal ever. Here, you'll get the idea. Here. <laughs> I, I think that rings right up with my proposal. <laughs> I love, yeah, his line here. He's like, she says that she wasn't part of the plan. He says, I'm changing the plan. And then those bats come out of the bat cave in a few seconds just to say, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> no. Oh, it's like he has thought. a sire destiny. Uh, and then the music just kicks in. It's really sad knowing, like, you know, what's coming. Like, I still get so emotionally tied to this, you know, love story, you know, and Andrea's story whenever I watch this movie. That, you know, you feel bad for them that, you know, they couldn't make it work and, you know, what had to happen. Like, mm. what if, what if it didn't happen? Yeah. Where would Bruce be? And you even like. I think see that's that's impressive as well in such a short amount of time. I mean, we've had what three or four scenes with Andrea. That's about it, isn't it? 
Yeah. Um, Andrea and Bruce. So it's. Yeah. Yep. Look at that. Bruce gives him the dirty look. Big nose. <laughs> cigarette, cigarette hidden in the car. And when you first saw oh, this, this film, did did you know that was the Joker? Had you figured it out? No. I I no. I, I think I had like just even though I was like a little dumb six or seven or eight year old, I think I, this part's sad. Look at Alfred's face because he knows. And then the you know the thing of his parents. Yeah. And then the music. Oh, th- this the scene in the back cave here is. I think this is the best mm-hmm. bit for me. Yeah, it's awesome. And Alfred's M- M- face is, as he sees Bruce transform with the mask on. Oh my God! Whatever it is he says. Yeah. This is. This and the graveyard scene, you know, we passed, but, like, those are two of the greatest scenes of the movie. I love that. If you remember on the, on the, on the Batman Universe forums, I used to have my, my, uh, signature used to be that scene where he's looking at his mask. Yeah, I do remember. I, I think, uh, I love the bit where his eyes sort of, uh, close a little bit. It looks pretty intense. He just takes the picture. Ah, uh, Gotham's World's Fair. Ah, here we go. I like how, how they didn't, you know, spoiler alert for about a minute into the movie, but I like how they didn't bring on, you know, the full makeup Joker until about halfway through the movie, literally. I thought yeah. that it was, you know, great to, like, you know, have him arrive late to the party and make a very big entrance into the movie. I like how he drove himself, but he couldn't drive the other way. <laughs> yeah. The future's not looking too good anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's probably supposed to be some symbolic thing. And if I was like a really artsy film school person, I'd probably be able to tell you about how it's representative of the lost hope or something. But I just think it's I cool. was just about to say that. Yeah. Yes. Hello, Daddy. And Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, you know, still one of the best Jokers ever. Oh, I know. love the Joker in this movie. He's so perfect. Well, you never know what's going to happen every scene he's in. I mean, because he betrays, you know, yeah. even the bad guys in this. Yeah. I mean, this guy came over to him, you know, to say, hey, protect me. And the Joker just, you know, up and up kills him later on. Yeah, as you said, Josh, he turns up late, but he's still he's still brilliant, you know. It doesn't take oh, much yeah. for, for the Joker to please everyone. <laughs> I like how he, he's fastened him, himself in. But he, Joker's not. <laughs> He's going to be a bumpy ride. He traded off. He broke up with Harley, you know, for that life. A robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mark Hamill's laugh is just so haunting. I love it when he says, meatloaf again. <laughs> he puts a little piece of her skin in his pocket. That's creepy. Like the dirtiest couches in the world. <laughs> you notice how the, the door in the back has an unhappy face, right? Yeah. Oh, I love Joker. He's like, wouldn't it be great if he finally got off the deep end? And this is great. You see the Joker, you know, get angry. He See, the thing was, he, he already ruined it by bribing the Joker because the Joker won't like that. Second was calling him a fool. But then the, you know, it's, the Joker... Um, it's, it's, it's also interesting to learn that the Joker actually had some involvement in whatever's going on here. Yep. Because well, he was part of that like whole gang. That was... Uh, I love this part. A, a nice, nice big smile. <laughs> love that. Now, Andrea is no fool. She knows Bruce is there, so she's going to make out with Arthur Reeves, you know, just to <laughs> give him a punch in the gut. Oh, just a little flirty. Even though she's been, like, you know, ignoring Arthur all night. Mm -hmm. And Arthur's like, oh, yeah. I love her reaction yeah, he, to Batman, he, he thinks too. he's in there. She's not surprised at all. She's like, oh, I like the cape, you know. She doesn't even, like, try and pretend that she doesn't know. Nope. And he doesn't try and say, I'm not Bruce Wayne or anything like that. If you let me bug, I can read lips. <laughs> the only one in this room still controlled by his parents is you. Burn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like what she does next to you. Yeah, she's just... like a strong, independent woman, but those feelings are still there. Well, you know, she's just. There's a lot of regret over what she's doing, you know. It's. I mean, because she's she also. Does, she does go people. out at night and pretend to be a, a phantasm. It's pretty, uh, pretty disturbing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's what she's doing right now. She's a rampaging killer. This is what happens when you go to the Joker and you know pay him for protection. <laughs> he kills you and leaves you as bait. Your angel of death waits. Yes.
like, oh, she's gone. Boom. This action sequence coming up right here is one of the best of the film. The whole chase between, you know, Batman Phantasm and then Batman and the police. And then Andrea Beaumont, who mysteriously shows up. I love the Batwing right there. Yeah. Yeah, the Batwing was good in the animated series as well. Didn't get out very often, but still loved it. Man, that's riding real low. Man, that's fast running. That she's, is. I mean, you would think she would yeah. stop the smoke so that way she wouldn't be trailed. <laughs> yeah. That's another. Yeah, that's just another inexplic- inexplicable. How come you can run as fast as a jet? Well, she's not wearing heels anymore. There's no stopping her. And then more teleportation. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be able to open up the bat wing. With the back or the butt of a of a rifle. A gun, yeah. <laughs> oh, this scene is awesome. Yeah, it is. I love those helicopters too, man. I wish I had something really insightful to say about this movie, aside from this is awesome, this is awesome, this is awesome. But this movie was just so well done. You, know? <laughs> you could say it was awesome. It was awesome. I like how you fell on his shoulder right there. Well, yeah, and Batman actually gets injured in this, you know, when he has to... I mean, he, he gets cornered during this chase. Mm-hmm. He has to use his brains, and he and if it wasn't for Andrea, maybe he, he would have been arrested. Boom, 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 boom. I like how they just took that fire. Yeah. It's always a construction site. Mm-hmm. They're building another parking garage. I love these um, these guys that come out and go, huh, 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 huh. <laughs> SWAT, right? You're not supposed to yeah. make sounds. <laughs> You're SWAT. <laughs> Look at their car carrying the big old spotlight. Not a truck, but a cop car. Well, do you really think that yeah, the police force are pretty inept? They've got pretty much a whole army. Yeah, if you were a criminal in Gotham right now, I mean, you'd be using this opportunity to rob a bank. Everyone's, you know, by the construction site. Yeah, see, Batman, his costume's ripped. He's actually bleeding. He's losing yeah. consciousness. This is This doesn't happen a lot. And and the thing is that you know Batman bleeds a lot. You 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 would think someone in forensic would get his blood somewhere. <laughs> like oh, it's Bruce. Bruce Wayne probably has his blood like erased from all the forensics labs. True. Okay, see how could he have possibly done this switch right here? Because they were looking at him the whole time with the spotlight. When did he have time to take off the cowl and connect it to that wooden thing? Well, technically, they did for a second look at it the the line when it caught, so you could have just did that one second switch. Which, by the way, you know that's like a big risk because now he's running in the streets, like the cops are you know less than ten feet away from him, and he doesn't have his mask on. If he turns around, he's recognized. 
I mean, this seems well, suspenseful. Yeah, he's, like a ca- he's a Caucasian with black hair. I surely should figure that out already. <laughs> and look at how I love how Matt Billock is. He's, he's, he's a he's a great character, Bullock. I've always enjoyed him. He is. I wish they would use him more and more in the comics. Yeah. He adds a bit of humor to the uh, police department. It was all over TV. I had to do something, or I was there ten minutes before. But. <laughs> Now she gives the whole fake story about how the phantasm's her father. Oh no, but no, first there's the rest of the flashback from her from her point of view the night that she uh, left town. Yep. We we get a great little uh, Godfather Dick Tracy scene here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this scene's always heartbreaking because you know he's going to tell her that they're leaving town and she can't even contact Bruce. That was always really graphic to me when I was a little, I'll have your heart in my hand. So I took that very literally. You would think she would go ask Bruce if he was in trouble. Can we borrow a couple of million real quick, Bruce? Because they're going to kill my dad. And Sure, sure. I will, you wonder yeah, how much money Bruce has sense. like readily available, though. Well, enough to buy cars and planes and bat caves. <laughs> I like that sneaking off in the middle of the night thing. Yeah, when you'd think that the Mafia would be watching them. Exactly. Yeah, giving up her dead father as the killer. 
Yeah, yeah Al- Alfred's, Alfred's not very good at picking his moments. <laughs> <laughs> I love when Bruce is happy. You had the feeling that there was an intimate encounter right here. That's because there was a bed in the shop for about oh, two seconds. I thought they were going to eat waffles or something. Well, he just put a <laughs> towel over his you know, shoulders and, you know... She's actress. wearing his shirt, right? Yeah. <laughs> Can we make it work this time? So, yeah. <sighs> Daddy doesn't matter anymore. And that look on her face when she yeah, says it. Oh, yeah. that's so... So much volumes. Thank she wants to make things work with Brute, but I mean, it's like there's a no turning back point after everything that's happened. Nope. I mean, now she's off to kill the Joker. <laughs> Look at Bruce Wayne smiling. I like when he figures this out right here. Yeah. Mm. Looking at it. Luckily, I have a red crayon on my desk. <laughs> well, you always have to have such a thing, Sandy. He's like, no. Something wrong. Yeah. It's like he knew the Joker way back then. Oh, lightning over Gotham. So cool. (laughs) This is a great Joker entrance, too. Oh, yes. With With, like, each shot coming in closer and closer with the lightning, then... And I love how the Joker, I mean, because of his past, he has uh, ties to all these councilmen and people higher up in Gotham. He has dirt on them. Yeah, a lot of history, which um, mm-hmm. he doesn't always have, I don't think, with these sort of characters. He's always so sharp looking, looks so cool. Maybe that was from his, you know, if you work with the Mafia, you got to look pretty sharp. Yeah. Probably from his early days. The only thing I don't quite understand is, uh, I don't have a problem with it, but why does the Joker have a kind of posh English accent? It's very, it's a strange accent that the Joker has. Well, he he has uh, he's a psychopath. So <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think any kind of character or whatever person he's kind of cha- channeling at that moment, that's what he comes across as. Yeah. The babe. <laughs> I love that. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> I got tied up. I slept with Bruce. <laughs> Good Arthur, so nervous and sweaty. And the way that um, this part with the Joker doing whatever he does to Arthur Reeves, you know, all silhouetted, that's yeah. awesome. And the close up on the Joker smile. And a good old Mark Camel laugh. Mm hmm. I like when he put him in the hospital and he's just like laughing uncontrollable that even the people on the bottom floor have to look up. Yeah. Tell him when the Batman comes in, he's like, Oh no! Batman harassing hospital patients. And this is when you see how much of a scumbag Arthur really is, because you find out that he's the one that sold out the Beaumonts. Yep. Mm. And he knows that her, that Andrea's father's dead, but he's like saying Andrea over dinner, so how are your dad? Are you guys still talking? I sold him out. <laughs> Do we see uh, the councilman again? I can't remember. Nope. I don't no. think so. The Joker's figured out the secret too, because of you know he plans the stuff in the apartment. Andrea kept her locket. Oh. This is how you know the Joker figured it out, because he says, and there's no use jumping out the window this time. Yep. Oh, I love insane. that bomb. Look at that bomb. 
Hello, operator. <laughs> I seem to be disconnected from my party. <laughs> oh. And uh, again, a lot of the violence and murder happens off screen in this movie, and this is a good example Andrea's last flashback. Now, I'm trying to remember right now. Doesn't the Joker pick up an apple? Yep. It's going to happen <laughs> like this scene. He kills her dad and eats an apple. And Doesn't say a word. Again, there's a tie with Apple and the Joker again. <laughs> uh, at home with the Joker and Hazel. That's, that's, Bologna. that's baloney. Big baloney. <laughs> big baloney. Hey, he's coming on to his to his robot wife. With light bulbs for eyes. And here comes the big reveal. Suddenly the phantasm looks a little bit slimmer. Mm -hmm. Well, that fight scene, you know, you lost some weight. <laughs> figured it out. Actually, she gets, like, really slimmer when she takes the cloak off. Yep. I know that a lot of people were, um... Now, when I was a kid, this was a surprise to me the first time I saw the movie. Um, I do know yeah, that I think it was for me, too, the first time. The toy, uh, the toy gave it away, though, because the toy has her unmasked. Yep. Uh. There goes her little sigh. So you're not fighting a mobster now, you're fighting the Joker. <laughs> she sure is. Oh, here we go. Kicking the nuts. Oh. You're not smiling, Joker. I thought you found this. Me and my brother find this part hilarious. You know, it looks like... Oh, wait, no, not here. But it, it's coming later. Yeah, here comes Hazel fighting for her man. Joker must have had to reprogram her. I like it when he attacks with an egg whisk. Yeah, this is the part that me and my brother like. It looks like he's reaching for the knife, then he grabs the baloney. Yeah. So we still laugh at that part. Because it wouldn't be funny with that. She's she's still trying to recover from the baloney hit. Not baloney, you know. I mean, it was frozen. And the <laughs> teleporting again. I, I, I guess some things are best left to mystery. Mm-hmm. It isn't. It's just a strange today. thing to leave completely unanswered. That's a big engine. Use your teleporting powers, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> this will be a very you know convenient time to use them. Does anyone else think that this could have been a slightly dangerous attraction at a theme park? Yes. Well, a, a, big, a, big, a big engine, engine that like could that. suck everyone in. I think that the Joker, you know, reprogrammed a lot of this stuff in the years, like the robot wife and everything. Woo! Nice bike, Batman. Here we get another vehicle. Plenty of vehicles in this film. He's like, oh no, it took me all these years to get laid, and now she's going to get sucked into a fan. 
I'm not waiting 20 years to have sex again. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's exactly his feeling. Of course. Times this jump, you know, just right. Batman's got to constantly be doing math in his head to, you know, time these things. Then we get the exposition for, between Batman and Andrea, but the exposition's done so well emotionally. Your father's dead, isn't he? See, that that's that scene, that exchange between them. That's so that the viewers, you know, kind of put together what actually went on. But it's yeah. not done like, you know, overly clunky, clunky exposition. It's emotional and it drives the story. Now the awesome Batman Joker battles. Oh, I love that. I love how he's like, he's like, yoo-hoo, come here. Through the uh, miniaturized Gotham City. I used to always point out the WB logo when I was little, like, oh, cool. Oh, yeah. <sighs> of course the Joker, the <coughs> Little Empire State Building knockoff, because it's the only thing shaded differently. Yeah, you can always tell that with the cartoons. You can always tell if something's going to move because it's drawn a little bit differently. Did that really hurt that much? That little car hit. That little car hit his foot, and he went, "Ugh!" Oh, Joker just lost a tooth. See, they can get away with a little more stuff here. Does this remind anyone of uh, Power Rangers? It, you know, it reminded me of Godzilla. <laughs> I was thinking Godzilla, yeah. Power Rangers, there usually wasn't as much damage. Oh. Yeah, we yeah we got some blood here. Again, this looks like here. a very dangerous theme park. I like when he starts riding like that. Woo! There goes the Joker. Joker's a really balanced guy. You strapped explosives to your wife. You fool. And that blood that came from Batman's hand when he punched that thing. <laughs> I like how he put his cape right back on.
the animation still looks fantastic. Just Batman running around here mm-hmm. looks great. It kind of turns from this whole Batman versus the Mafia versus the Phantasm to this Batman fights the Joker thing. But, you know, you don't really mind it as much because it's so well done. But if you think yeah. about it, this has very little to do with the rest of the story. Yeah. Joker on a jetpack, always good fun. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh! Yeah, and Batman, Batman's out for blood this time. He's like, I don't care if we both die. If I go down, you go down. It feels pretty epic here, this sort of giant battle between these two characters. And, uh, oh, yes. when the bo- and when the bombs start going off and the music starts getting pretty tense, it's pretty great stuff. For once, I get stuck without a punchline. Ah, the return of Andrea. And you can see Andrea's kind of already gone over the edge. There's no turning back for her. You know, whereas even Batman, he's still a little bit grounded. Andrea's just, you know, too far on the revenge path to turn back. Yep. Hate when that happens. When she (laughs) says goodbye, my love, I mean, what do you think the Joker must have been thinking? Like, what? Wait, what? (laughs) She and Batman had a thing? And with the little Gotham's little. World Fair. And I love Joker. <laughs> yeah, that's one of his best laughs, I think. <laughs> this was on HBO or something, a few, like a year or two ago, and my stepdad was watching it with us, and he figured out watching the movie that the, the Phantasm was Andrea, like when she got to the World's Fair scene, and like you see that flashback with the father dying. He's like, wait yeah. a second, so is she the killer then? You know, I actually um, I read a list of uh, quite big websites saying that the 25 best animated movies of all time, and I was surprised to see that Mask of the Phantasm was 24, 25. Not out of the fact I don't think it's a good movie, but I just didn't think enough people recognised it or were aware of it. So I'm glad to see there's plenty of people out there who hold this film in high regard. Yeah, it's a very underrated film. It is. Yeah. But like, if you're if you're a Batman fan, this is like one of your must owns to to be like just in that mention of being a Batman fan. There's Alfred, you know, doing his little Alfred wisdom about how Andrea was too late to be saved, how she's already gone off the edge, and how you know it's his goal to make sure that Bruce never does that. Oh man, I love that Batcave. I can't I can't wait to get in. I love when. Video games give us the ability to kind of live in that virtual kind of world. So, man, I, I love Arkham Asylum. I love uh, 
now when DC Universe Online comes out, can just hang around in there. Okay, see, now Bruce is on that walkway, and it looks really thin. It doesn't look like it's big enough for Batmobile now. <laughs> yeah, you can hmm. probably fit about two people on there. Maybe, if they're, like, skinny, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. He likes to live on the edge. <sighs> Maybe that's for the motorcycle. They did an animate. They did a comic set in the animated universe where they explained um, how the Joker got away and Andrea survived, and you know yeah, those another, comics. Another thing that just isn't answered. Which they you know remind me of a Jughead, mean. right from Archie. It was yeah. like Jughead from Archie. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Bruce Timm's kind of like homage or something from his drawing. I guess. Yeah, poor Andrea. And she's got her little, you know, grieving veil. Oh. The music is so great here. Okay, and this I is where I it. think, Batman, you idiot, don't answer the bat signal. You're still wanted for murder. It's a trap. Thing with Batman turns, he just never gets clear. It's like, oh, this isn't a trap at all. <laughs> Harvey Bullock wants to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Gotham. Love that. And, you know, that was kind of like the endings that were going on for Batman and Batman Returns, the live action, where you would get that kind of silhouette of the city at the top. Michael Uslan, producer. Heck yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're in We're in the credits now. Now uh, we're in the credits, guys. Kevin we have the featured voices. Ooh, Dana Kevin Conroy. Later came, became Lois Lane. Wonder if Oh yeah, now they have some like, you know, weird pop song. <laughs> yeah. Stacey, Stacey, with the uh, with the saxophone. Mm-hmm. It's interesting hey. that the voice of the fan had and uh, and uh you know, Mr. Beaumont the same person. Mark Hamill. Because that, that there's another red herring right there. I love this uh I love this jazz. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> yeah, but I love this. I really wish I had, you know, more clever insights, you know, to say. But, I mean, I, I just love this movie. And I love the love story and how it's a tragic story. There's no there's no happy ending. There's no turning back, you know, for Bruce and Andrea. It's not like, you know, you can write a story where they just come back later, you know, and get back together, resolve their differences. They they had their no, their no turning back moment, and they're both damaged from it. It's a you know, and it's a really tragic love story that works well, you know, fit into Batman's origin. And I would say that unlike Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and definitely Batman and Robin, there's no moments here where you get bored. It's all really good. There's no sort of story plot where you think this is a bit weaker than everything else. Um, it's just enjoyable all the way through. It's a shame it couldn't be a little bit longer because I think. As we mentioned, there's a few answers that they could could have provided, but um, you never know. If you made it a bit longer, it might ruin it. But um, it's just it's just brilliant. And as Apple said, uh, you've got to you got to own it and know this film really. Yeah, the this film when when a film that you watch and it kind of like it makes you just like not want to say nothing through it because it, it's just that good. This kind of film does. And um, I don't know what kind of DVD versions you guys got, but I got the the first one when it was released on DVD, 
And um, one of the, you know how they always promote things, they use something a writer used? And I thought that this was so appropriate for, out of all the quotes that I've seen on every Batman film that you buy, oh, so-and-so says, gives it this four stars or five stars, whatever they do. Um, this one had said, uh, Gotham City Savior, the way he was meant to be. And uh, that was written by uh, Steve Persaw from the uh, St. Uh, uh, Petersburg Times. And I thought that was just so fitting because I thought it was the way that Batman was supposed to be. Yeah, and this is great. I mean, it was a mostly original story. There's elements of this that are similar to the Batman story year two. Look, synthesis was Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer would just be the 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 composer for Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Mm, so, so this was his first Batman film. Yeah, that's why I still let the credits roll because I wanted fans to see that right there. Uh. You know, they always see interesting things in these credits, names that you might recognize. But yeah, um, I think that this is different enough from year three that it can be considered its own thing. I mean, the Reaper's costume and Phantasm's costume were kind of similar, but the characters of Andrea and Rachel were very, very different, and their fates were different. I mean, a lot of people just say, oh, well, Batman had a fiancé, and then there was, you know, this murderous figure who may or may not have been the fiancé's father, and it was early on in Batman's career. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a great film. I I love the art. To me, that's Batman animation. I know we have, you know, all the Batman animations, even the newer ones. They look real cool and they've been updated. But there's just something about the animated series that it was its own thing. And seeing something like this is just so awesome. For me, nothing's really come close to it yet. Although, as you said, there've been some good films, good animation, good art, but. Uh, that one's top of the pile for me, and by quite a distance. There's been some great, you know, animated films since then, but, I mean, the one immediately following this, and when I say immediately, it was a few years later, but it was the next direct to, you know, movie, not DVD, because it was video back then, Batman animated feature was Sub-Zero, and while it was an enjoyable movie, it did not have the emotional depth and, you know, deep story that this movie had. Yeah. The Sub Zero was, I mean, I, I think for uh, for Mister Freeze, it was real emotional. But for us to be tied to Batman, it, it wasn't. You know what I mean? So it it was its own thing. But um, but yes, guys, um, that's going to bring us to the end of our commentary for Batman: Mask and the Phantasm. We've hoped you enjoyed it. It's it was a great pleasure for us to do it. I know we had to fight off the other Batman Universe staff members to get on this commentary, and pretty much, uh, I pretty much left Dustin and Zach alone to Nick and Josh, and and I took out Savannah. You know, and it was really easy to do. So, <laughs> so that way we could do this one. But uh, but this was an awesome. We film. did some things that we I weren't proud of to get onto this. <laughs> 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 manipulation everything so but uh you could kind of see that you know this was a, a lot of our favorite you know film to to go ahead and do this commentary but we've enjoyed it we are glad that you were able to join in with us and you know share this experience and uh we want you to stick around because we got other commentary coming up from the rest of the batman universe staff and a lot of more great coverage that we're going to give you guys. So as we leave you, I'm Apple. This is Nick. You got Josh. 
and you've been listening to the Batman Universe Animation Commentary. Take care, guys. See you on the flip side. Bye-bye.